Hey, everybody, quick programming note. We are encouraging listeners to subscribe to our new podcast feed on Spotify or on Mixcloud. Previously, we were not able to include full songs in a podcast feed due to music licensing issues. Our new host, Anchor, has a new feature that allows you to include songs in our show on Spotify with a proper music license. The old feed still exists on Spotify and other platforms, but if you'd like to hear the show with all the songs included, subscribe with one of the links featured on our website, damagegoodsradio.com, or you can find the link on our Instagram page. Spotify premium listeners can hear the full show with songs included. Spotify free accounts can still hear the show with 30-second clips of each song. Mixcloud, all users can listen for free with the Mixcloud website or mobile app. No account or subscription is required to listen on Mixcloud. Welcome to another episode of the Damaged Goods Radio podcast. My name is Matt Dunn, and who do I have in the virtual studio with me? In the virtual studio, surfing the waves of time and space is Chris Lahr, a.k.a. DJ Doonstink. Good to be here, sir. Oh, yeah, you're, you're looking extra sting today. I mean that in the best way possible. Oh, yes, my, my hair is it, it's doing its own thing today. And as a matter of fact, right before this call, I, I had to reschedule my appointment. So it's actually going to start getting along. I'm going to start looking like a damn hippie. <laughs> well, I actually wanted to thank you uh, for taking time out of your day from trading stocks on the Internet to uh, join us on the show tonight. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, those short sales. You, you want to know something really interesting that you mentioned stocks. And I, I read this article yesterday. You know, everyone's talking about you know, GameStop and Bed Bath and Beyond, but you know what really important stock surged over 700% on Tuesday? Any guess? What's that? I'm going to say this is probably something really random. So I'm going to say Long John Silvers. <laughs> Blockbuster. Why, why Blockbuster? How? <laughs> I just don't know enough about it, how it works to. Yeah. On Tuesday, the same thing that was happening to GameStop and all these other what they call penny stocks, where the Reddit Wall Street bets crowd were bumping up all the prices, regardless of the true value of the company, also included Blockbuster and Blockbuster stocks, quote, surged 700 percent. That is crazy. Their stock it says that Blockbuster liquidating were up 181% to 14 cents on Wednesday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I might have made a couple of quarters if I had some stock. Is that what that means? Yeah, pretty much. Could have made some pocket change there. Remember they had those gumball machines there with go down the whirly bin? Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. I loved those things. Yeah, those were super cool. So that would have given me enough to get two gumballs, I think, is what it, what it sounds like. It's funny. Every time I ever did one of those, I would. That's the most excitement I ever got at that time because I sit there be watching the ball come down. I'm like, all right, it's coming, it's coming. Pure chewing satisfaction. Boom. Then, then it then it pops in the thing. And if you're lucky, I get the pink gumball, which was my favorite flavor. Yeah, that was the best. The king of bubble gum. Oh gum. yeah, it's a good one too. At this point, I would take any blockbuster gumball. It's like a relic. If there's a banana flavor, I'd even take that. Oh, yeah. It's funny. It's called a banana flavor, but I think the people that invented it never actually ate a banana. <laughs> like those runts, banana flavors, those were just, like, I love bananas. It's just that flavor is just always kind of weird. Or Laffy Taffy. Right. It's for it. Go with it. <laughs> exactly. 
I am much looking forward to our show as we've got some really cool tunes to play. Tunes are good. Tunes are very good. We're actually going to start out with, this is going to shock you, we're going to start out with some Australian rock and roll. Oh, we don't hear a lot of Australian on this show. (laughs) (laughs) I recently discovered a band from Melbourne called Romero, and they're very much in the power pop vein. And they have a song called Troublemaker, which is a single on Bandcamp. After that, we're going to hear, who knows what we're going to hear, we're just going to have to stay tuned for that, so... That's right. If you guys uh, are listening audience, if you step away now, you're going to miss the best radio program of your lives. I hope you've got your, well, let's say TiVo. Is there a radio? Was there a radio version of TiVo? Was that ever a thing? Only if, I guess, had like a tape recorder right next to it and you hit the record <laughs> button. It's a whole other story. Sadly, I was doing that in the 80s when I was a very young kid of 12. That's like, I got to make a mixtape for this girl I like. <laughs> oh man, that's taking me back there. And in that case, the song was out to you, Chris. It's called Troublemaker. It's by the band Romero. And you just heard a track from a band out of Chicago, Illinois. The band was called Oveth Ow. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. It's O V E F O W. And the track was called Working Girl. And that's off of the Working EP, which came out in 2017. I thought that was fantastic. And if anyone can look up this band, the album cover is probably the coolest album cover I've ever seen in my life. This green hand with the fingers detached and this big eye and a chain around. Oh, this is it is fucking awesome. I love it. Yeah, well, it is really cool. And I really like their style. It's a very cool blend of new wave mixed with surf rock, which to me is like the perfect combo. I don't know. It just really yeah. works. I think that's about the perfect description for it, because it's definitely new wavy and surf rock, even a little bit of psychobilly in there. Just just a hint, like a a sprinkle. Psycho surf wave. There you go. That's right. Psycho wave sounds like a Mortal Kombat character or something. (laughs) It does. Absolutely. Psycho wave wins. Fatality. (laughs) Before... Oveth Al, you heard a band out of Portland, Oregon. They're called the Shivas. And that was a brand new single that they just put out. It's called Goo Goo Muck, which Goo Goo Muck was a track once made famous by the Cramps. Originally performed by a band called Ronnie Cook and the Gay Lads out of 1962 from Bakersfield, California. I dug it. I liked it. Yeah, it's great stuff. And Before that, you heard a band from Brisbane, Australia, called Nice Biscuit. Not to be confused with other biscuit-related names we won't mention. I wonder if they're Uh, citizens of Biscuitville. (laughs) All the biscuits congregate. Yeah, I was like, is Nice Biscuit more of like an Australian-European term? I haven't really heard that one before. Is it like an American biscuit, which is the fluffy pastry, or is it like the... British biscuit, which is more like a cookie. These are the questions we have to investigate. The Damaged Goods sure. News Network. Apparently, a nice biscuit is a plain or coconut-flavored biscuit, thin, rectangular in shape, with rounded bumps on the edges, and lightly covered with a scattering of large sugar crystals, often with the word nice imprinted on top in sans-serif capital letters. That's oddly specific. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you know. That was your pop-up video fact of the day. 
It, it had me at crystals. Anything that has crystals in it, I'm, I'm on board. That was off of their brand new EP. It's called Create Simulate from this year, 2021. I'm seeing the year 2021 and I'm on a song and I'm like, wait, what? 2021? But I don't know, part, part of my brain still sees the term 2021 as the future. I mean, heck, Blade Runner took place in 2019, and we still don't have flying cars or artificial people. We have artificial people already. Yes, yes, we do, but no flying cars. I and see them every day at the malls with their perfect clothes and their conformity. topic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Except for the edgy ones that hang out at Spencer's, because they got black lights and pop posters. and. Well, that's all another thing, but... <laughs> First but not least, you heard, to begin the set, you heard the Australian track of the week, and that was a band called Romero, and the song is called Troublemaker. That's a single that they put out in 2020, and that's a band out of Melbourne that I don't know a whole lot about, but really cool stuff. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I don't think we've ever heard a bad Australian track of the week. I have it in my mind that Australia is this magic land that has nothing but phenomenal music. <laughs> well, they tell me. I haven't been there yet, but... One day, one day we'll go there and we'll do the journalism that people expect from us. You know, that's what we're about. Australia, weird food, music. I kind of want to go there during Christmas because I think it's summer there during Christmas, which is a mind fuck for me. But I kind of I'm kind of intrigued by that. There's this this Australian channel I listen to on or I watch on YouTube. It's this guy. He's from, I think, Sydney or Brisbane or something. It's, and that's what I'm wrecking. He does these cooking videos that are just F-bomb filled explicatives, but then he makes this amazing food and it's easy to make, non-pretentious. But he also does a video called Fuck It's Hot. And all he does is he just walks around outside in Australia and just talks about how fucking hot it is. And then, in the, of course, during our summer, he does Fuck It's Cold, where it's just the opposite. Should we have but, him on the show? I would love to have him. He's kind of a, a hot thing right now with his cooking videos. He just released a book, too. Which I want to get one day. Yeah, Nat's what I reckon because his name is Nat. We're coming up to, I feel like this is your favorite part of the show. I could be wrong. We have a segment called Food News where we discuss weird food items because why not? Ready for some food news? I am always ready for food news, particularly from you because you have nothing but the best food news. Hey, I got a question for you, Matt. Do you like coffee? I do. Do you like bread? I love bread and I love coffee. Don't you find it inconvenient when you go outside with a coffee and it's really cold and you have like coffee in one hand and a bread bowl in the other? And it just that's that's a big inconvenience in life. According to Food and Wine magazine, that was the worst intro to a story ever. But they sounded like an infomercial where they're bumbling because their Tupperware is too inconvenient and they're spilling all over the counter. (laughs) <laughs> you know, if immersion with a person's like bumbling in their kitchen because they don't have the perfect avocado splicer or whatever. And then their their faces are just contorted in embarrassment and frustration because <laughs> right, exactly. they just spilled like 20 gallons of grape juice all over their shirt because they didn't have a proper handle for it that they could have bought off as seen on TV. Check this out, my friend. According to Food & Wine magazine, Panera made a bread bowl glove for holding your iced coffee on cold days. One of Panera's bread's signature items is its bread bowl, and they have created a bread bowl-shaped glove specifically to help people hold iced coffee. 
They cited a statistic that 78% of Americans told them they continue to drink iced coffee even in cold weather, believe it or not. So Panera set out to create something to help these customers to prevent, quote, double frozen hands. The result is the new, quote, ice and toasty bread bowl glove, a hand warmer intended to make it look like you have one of Panera's delicious bread bowls wrapped around your iced coffee holding hands. The glove isn't literally made of bread. It's made of fabric that looks like bread. It literally looks like at the wrist, the rest, instead of a hand, you have a bread bowl appendage with a coffee sticking out of it. A spokesperson for Panera said, quote, with our unlimited premium coffee subscription, we've just seen how much our customers love their iced tea, no matter what time of year. So we thought we'd have a little fun and create a limited edition item to help keep their hands warm this winter. And what better design than our signature bread bowl that everyone knows and loves? Uh, I mean, that was the most enthusiastic intro for a bread bowl shaped glove. And it comes in with a built in compartment to hold the coffee. It's like a like a cup holder glove shaped like a bread bowl. Does it have an actual title? Did I miss that? A bread bowl coffee holder? Is that the actual name of it? It is the iced and toasty bread bowl glove. But when you pay for it, you only get one glove. So Well, you only get one? You have to buy two? If you, you, want, want if you want both hands. I think it'd be cool to have a set of hands. You have bread bowls, and you could have your coffee in each and just alternate hands, double fisting it. But then you'd look like probably some kind of monster from a B movie <laughs> or, or like an 80s action film. They took away his hands. But <laughs> McGregor's fighting back with bread ball hands. <laughs> if you Google it, you can find a picture of the bread ball glove, and it looks like literally someone sliced off a guy's hand and replaced it with a bread ball with a coffee sticking out of it. I mean, I'm a creative guy, but I cannot make this up. <laughs> Are you going to put this on your Christmas list already? I mean, I feel like you should. Oh, goddamn. I want one for each of my hands. <laughs> I hope they make Red Bull socks as well. You know, something I can put over my feet. Red Bull slippers. You need an extra one for the office in case you forget. You go all the way to the office and you don't have one. You yeah. know that feeling? You know when you get to the office and you're like, oh my God, I forgot my Red Bull glove. How am I going to drink this coffee? What's going to protect me and the other 78% of Americans that doubly frozen hands? And considering that it's 78% of Americans, this is just another thing in 2020 that is you know, a hardship on our nation. All that's going on. Now we have double frozen hands from Panera iced coffee in, in the winter. <laughs> but you I left me a little speechless there. I, that, it's, yeah, it's one of those things that's you hear about it and you're like, oh, that just sounds like like a gag item. But then it's real and you don't know how to respond. It's like a KFC video game console with a compartment to keep your chicken warm that we talked about last time. It's but this is legit. It's a real thing. You can't make this up. <laughs> so my favorite food news story of the week, 7-Eleven, the popular convenience store chain, has a Airbnb in Dallas, Texas, but it's an actual 7-Eleven. And you can rent out the 7-Eleven overnight for $11 a night. So I like that 7-Eleven. See what they did there? But it's an actual store. It's an actual real 7-Eleven, and it's it's a promotion with the Sony PlayStation 5. The promotion with Sony that you get free reign over the snacks in the store, and you 
you get access to a PlayStation 5, so you can play as many PS5 games as you'd like. Really wish I lived in Dallas, Texas now. I, I got questions here. If it's a functional 7-Eleven, are customers coming in while you're there? Maybe they close it early. I'm not really sure about that. I'll have to... I think it'd be neat if in the corner there was like a bed and the PlayStation, but yet there's also an employee that's working or <laughs> coming in and... That would that would make it doubly surreal. Like, or maybe if you're willing to have customers come in so the store can do business, they'll charge only five dollars to stay the night. I guess it was an emergency. Like, what if the Slurpee machine breaks and it's like 3 a.m. and you don't want to, have to wait till 7 a.m. for that next Slurpee? That's a confectionery emergency. You can't wait. <laughs> I was thinking, if I did live in Dallas at this point, I, I would seriously consider the 7-Eleven Airbnb. Would you partake in the 7-Eleven Airbnb? Oh, I'd do it. I'd do it in a New York minute. Absolutely. It's funny. A few years ago, I went to Japan, and I spent a week, week and a half there. And I was amazed that 7-Eleven is really popular there. there it's, it, I think it was the most common convenience store I saw in Tokyo was 7-Elevens. It was like everywhere. One of my I don't know, random pet peeves is that we don't have any 7-Elevens in Raleigh. really ticks me off for some reason. I don't know. It just it just seems like an odd thing to me. It really is. When I was a really young kid, I was living in northern Virginia when my dad was stationed towards D.C. And every Sunday, my mom would drive me to the 7-Eleven so I could have a Slurpee. That was part of our Sunday rituals with me and my mom. She didn't take my sister. She didn't get a Slurpee, just me. It's weird that we don't have them here because I think they would be popular. We have Circle K's and Handy Hugo's. The no 7-Eleven. No Raleigh is incomplete without one. We used to have a when I was a kid there was a there was a bootleg 7-Eleven called Seven Even, which I remember <laughs> confused me as a kid because I thought it was I thought it was like the real deal. Seven Even. <laughs> and there's actually one currently a bootleg one. There's one called the 612 that is currently open. Have you been to the 612 convenience store in Raleigh? I think I've seen it, but I've not been in there. I have to laugh every time I drive by the 612. I like just the concept of a bootleg 7-Eleven. Pretty soon we'll see like a Circle J. or. <laughs> <laughs> How about Circle A, like the Anarchy convenience store? That's Now that's what I'm talking about. You go in there and just do whatever the fuck you want. There's no attendant to tell you what to do. So the 7-Eleven was this, the B&B was in Dallas? Right. Well, here's one for you. Just down the road from Dallas is America's fourth largest city, Houston. And according to KRO7 News, a Texas man recently stole an ambulance, was arrested on Tuesday because he had to stop at a fast food drive-thru with his emergency lights on. A Ronaldo Leonard, age 36, was arrested. They didn't catch him stealing the ambulance. They didn't catch him on the road with the ambulance, but they did catch him with the emergency lights on in the drive-thru of a jack-in-the-box. And this was according to also the Houston Chronicle corroborated this. He was arrested without incident, charged with felony theft. He's being held on a $100,000 bond. If you were going to steal an ambulance but yet you had a hankering for some food, what would be worth the arrest? I was just about to say, I would not go to Jack in the Box. Or Sonic. There's way better fast food. That's what I'm confused about. Is there, 
I would think I would go somewhere that had like a good burger, right? Like you get somewhere you get like a burger and a shake, something that you would fill you up because if you're facing down prison time, I would want at least one last good meal. If that's going to happen, we might as well just go all out. You and I need to, I figured it out. We need to steal an ambulance and have a cross-country chase from North Carolina. We'll go through South Carolina, Georgia. Then we'll hit Florida, Dunderbacks. Ooh. Yes. You're tempting me there. I, oh, man, I would love to, I would love to go to Mr. Dunderbox. I mean, we're, we're facing some interstate charges here, probably something federal, but Dunderbacks. I mean, it's... It's kind of worth it there. We got our sauerkraut subs or whatever they have there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. Big loaf of bread like, with, with cabbage in it. <laughs> I'm not well versed with German food. I'm sorry. I'm, I was looking up, actually was looking up uh, information about them the other day. Funny enough, you mentioned this. was taking a nostalgic quarantine trip back in the time. I miss them so much. Yeah, I was looking at their, their menu and used to get the, the Black Russian. That was the food I used to get. I remember they used to have one at. I think it was Crabtree Valley Mall Food Court. They did. And it was one of the places that had those wall coolers with all the bottles of beer before other places were doing it. So it was kind of like the proto-bottle shop. The Black Russian was a triple-decker with turkey, ham, Swiss cheese, lettuce, tomato, and Thousand Island dressing recommended on pumpernickel. Kind of sounds like a, almost like a Rube, kind of like a quasi-Ruben. Yeah, I think it kind of was. And I was looking them up and I found a couple of weird old commercials for Mr. Dunderbox on YouTube. And there's a couple who reviews restaurants and they found one of the last ones open and went and reviewed it. Yeah, we'll have to take that pilgrimage one day. I think there's only one so, left in America, isn't there? Isn't it in Florida? Yeah, there's like one or two or something like that. So It's one of those um, places, if I was ever just driving down the road and I just saw a Dunderbox, I think I would probably spin out the car and drive the opposite of traffic just to get there it's i'd be so excited about it did i tell you when i lived in greensboro they still had one there oh really i did a double take because i was like what year am i in again if someone's new to mr dunder dunderbacks how would you describe it it's kind of like a bavarian german bavarian themed restaurant Kind of like a German Bavarian fast food mall restaurant. So it's the food comes out quick. It's got everything looks German, like over German. Lots of beer steins on the wall, stuff like that. And then they serve lots of beer, lots of coolers. Of- lots of uh, traditional German music, which was kind of funny to be in a restaurant in the mall with German music playing. I always felt that was kind of funny. Yeah, a lot of lederhosen and... Oh, they had some weird, cool candies and chocolates there. I remember that. Oh yeah, Germany has the best, best candy. Usually they, they have the best. So yeah, usually you get the German candy and the beers and the food. Yeah, I loved Dunderbacks. That was the only reason I had, one of only two reasons I would want to go to Crabtree Mall back in the day. That in the in the arcade. Oh yeah, the, Mr. Dunderbox was my favorite restaurant in the mall. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, but the only I ate at. But I saw when I lived in Greensboro, North Carolina, they had a Mr. Dunderbacks in the mall, and I did this double take, and I was like, "What?" So it'd been around maybe 2009. You know, even back then, I thought this is weird. Greensboro is one of those places where they have chain restaurants you haven't seen for 20 years. Like they have TCBY and stuff where you're like, "I forgot that this existed." Daryl's. <laughs> right? Yeah, they had. They did have a Daryl's and, and, and stuff like that, and. 
it was a very uh, very strange place because you never know what you're going to find. It was a North Carolina town frozen in time. No, no, I, I, Greensboro is cool. I'm not ragging on Greensboro, but it's it's cool that they still had that. Speaking of a double take, one time back in, I think it was also 2009, Melinda and I, we were in, once again, this was when we were in Tokyo. And we were walking down Harajuku, which is like one of their main like fashionable districts. And we're just walking down the street, and all of a sudden, my eyes just go huge, and I saw a Shakey's Pizza. Shakey's Pizza? Shakey's Pizza. It used to be this classic 50s diner-like pizzeria. I used to Ooh, I don't know about that one. When we were living in Virginia. It had like that Germanic scripted words you know shakies i mean the pizzas were really good if i remember correctly i was do like, they have like a really nervous pizza that was their mascot <laughs> great i i remember it was a restaurant i mean of course i was like eight or nine but i do remember my parents would take me there and it was one of the places where you could go to the back of the the restaurant and it had this huge window and you, all the kids would line up and look in it and you could see the chefs like throwing up the pizza there you could actually you know now having open air kitchens is a common thing Right. Back then it wasn't, and this is one of the places where you could see the the making the pizzas. But I saw a Shakey's Pizza, and I hadn't seen a Shakey since I was seven, so I'm like, oh my god, Shakey's Pizza! And I'm like taking <laughs> pictures cool. of it. And, you know, if I go through my roll of Japanese pictures on my phone, it's like Japan, Japan, Japan. Why is there a Shakey's Pizza there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for some more music. Oh, I'm always starving for that. So we're going to take a trip back in the time right now. Are All you ready right. for that? I'm always ready to go back in time when Dunderbacks, 7-Eleven, rule the skies. We're going back further than that. Ooh. We're going to a decade called the 1960s that our parents are always talking about. The hippies. You know about the beetles and the turtles and the animals. But we're going to play the termites. Ooh, yes. The cool band that does a cover of the rolling stones hit tell me from it's a cool compilation called girls in the garage volume two we also have a band called the boodles this is a real band from 1964 it's a response song to the beatles hit i want to hold your hand and it's a track called i'll let you hold my hand well it's it's consent so you know i want to hold your hand i'll let you hold my hand that's the way it should be Right, and the the band The Boodles, I love that name. And I so. like the termites. I like bug themed bands. The oh yeah. Beatles, Atomic Mosquitoes, which we had last time. Now I want to think about bug name bands. Bug track <laughs> of the week. We're gonna kick it off here with the termites with a cover of The Stones Tell Me from nineteen sixty five. You just heard a band called the Pleasure Seekers from 1965. That was a song called What a Way to Die out of Detroit, Michigan. I loved that song. She kind of had a kind of had a, a 60s mod mixed with rockabilly sound to it with just enough punk to make me happy. I mean, she had a, a kind of here almost a little just, just a little bit of polystyrene in that from X-Ray Specs. Oh, yes. One of my favorite singers. I love polystyrene. Kind of a pretty unknown band, but it features uh, Susie Quattro. Ooh. And I believe it was a band with her and all of her sisters. Her sister, Arlene Quattro, who is the mother of Sherilyn Finn, uh, Audrey on Twin Peaks. Yes. 
fun fact for you. Small and, world. Right, and that, that one was excellently covered by the local band Daddy Issues out of Greensboro, North Carolina. They did a really killer cover of that, as well as The Mummies did back in the 90s. For Pleasure Seekers, you heard a band called Denise and Company. There's a track called Boy, What'll You Do Then from 1966. It's amazing that people talk about uh, modern age music, but you listen to this stuff from the 60s and it sounds just as fresh as it does today. And I I mean, absolutely. It's just amazing. When I think of the 60s back then, I'm thinking of like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones when they were wearing suits. This is some hardcore underground shit and it sounds amazing. I saw that that single sometimes goes for over $5,000 on eBay. That's money well spent. Just make sure you save 11 of it for the uh, Airbnb at the 7-Eleven in Dallas. And before Denise and Company, you heard a band called The Boodles with a track from the Girls in the Garage Volume 2 compilation. That was a response to The Beatles' I Want to Hold Your Hand. The track was called I'll Let You Hold My Hand. I like that. It's consensual on all sides. And I love a good response song, too. Yeah. I want to hold your hand. Well, I'll let you hold my hand. That's that sounds like the beginning of a healthy relationship. Before that, to begin the set, you heard a band called The Termites. With the cover of, speaking of the Rolling Stones, the cover of The Stones, Tell Me, that was a single they put out in 1965, also on the Girls in the Garage Volume 2 compilation. And that was all just killer 60s songs that were mostly pretty unknowns. But none, nonetheless amazing. But now they're not unknown because you've heard them here on Damaged Goods Radio, where the old becomes new again. Chris, I heard a rumor that you brought some music today. I did bring some music. Had it in my back pocket, and I'm pulling it out and giving it to you to play to our listeners. One of them was uh, a couple of them were recommended by my sister, Shannon, who's a regular listener on the show. Thanks, Shannon. Hey, Shannon. Love you. Do we want to jump straight into it? Even a shout out to Shannon. I just thought that we need to start doing our uh, cameo videos. Do you know the website cameo? Yeah. Yeah. You know, where celebrities will talk to you and be like, happy birthday. Congrats on the promotion. Yeah, we need to do a we need to do a cameo video for Shannon. <laughs> we should. Yeah. Happy like, birthday, Shannon. <laughs> but the best one I ever saw was Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. This girl broke up with her boyfriend through cameo video of Sugar Ray. <laughs> I guess if you're gonna break up, there's a lot less creative ways to do it. <laughs> He's like, look, dude, this is kind of awkward, bro. But like, you know, Jane doesn't want to go out with you anymore. And <laughs> I don't know if I'd pick if I had to do a breakup video. I don't know which. I don't know if I'd pick uh, Mark McGrath. Is can you imagine Fred Durst is 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 who you had to hire? I feel like Meatloaf would be a good choice. Meatloaf. <laughs> like I'm willing to do a lot of things for love, but putting up with you is uh, I won't do that. But if, if you truly hate the person you want to break up with, and I would go with Scott, Scott Stapp from Creed. Oh. It'd be this most over-the-top, pretentious breakup. With my arms wide open, I'm sending you away. I'm like Christ. <laughs> then he just starts singing about how awesome he is, and then the person you're breaking up with is all but forgotten. 
you just ruin our chances of having him on the show, probably. Ah. Well, you know, that's probably a good thing. Rumor has it if you hang around Scott Stapp too much, you might end up with a Stapp infection. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's going to sue me. You've got some tunage, though, right? Yes, yes. And we're going to start with a really cool bands that played regularly at CBGB's in the 70s and were eventually produced by Jimmy Destry of Blondie. This was a hard recommendation by Shannon. So if you request for our next commercial-free rock block, we're going to be playing the song Looks by the band Student Teachers. And we just heard, what, what did we just hear there? What we just heard was the song Gorilla and Crocodiles by the French rock band from Bordeaux, France, The Magnetics. And that is with an X on the end from their very difficult to pronounce album, Rabbit the Robot, Robot the Rocket. Before them was the band Carambolage with their song Tudok Nixo, which means uh, do not act like this. They were actually one of the first German women's rock bands formed in the 1980s, a pioneer of what was known as lipstick feminism. And I thought they were awesome. That was brand new to me, but I'm really into it. I just discovered them this week and I want to hear more. The next, I think, is one of your favorite bands playing Totally Wired. And that band was The Fall. The Fall, English post-punk band. You know, they had over 30 studio albums, which is an impressive discography. friend of mine, he actually has all of them on vinyl somehow. That's impressive. Shout out to Rich from the band ISS. He has, I believe he has every album in all. Most of the singles and stuff from the fall on vinyl. Yeah, he's a bigger fan than I am somehow. So <laughs> That's amazing. And I love it. We were listening to Totally Wired. I remember that. One time I was in a club, I was at Ruby Deluxe, and it was just like a regular dance night. People were playing like club music and stuff, and then Totally Wired came on, and the whole club started dancing like it was like a <laughs> like a booty shaking dance song. Like it was 1999. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny, and because I it was like a song that you don't really consider like a club dance floor hit, but everyone in the club was dancing to it, and I was like, okay. Well, that was awesome. <laughs> well, and yeah, definitely we'll give a shout out to Ruby Deluxe. Miss it. Miss it. Oh, uh, yes, definitely. But soon. I still remember that time I, I learned about this awesome DJ there, DJ Rock Lobster. He was amazing. A little bit arrogant, but other than that, he's okay. He was all right, yeah. But <laughs> he changed my life. <laughs> Before that was the song... Cryptobilly Tales by the Russian surf rock and psychobilly band Messerchups. I love that band. Oh Super my god, I love that band. They do some cool covers. They do cover Rocket by Herbie Hancock, who I know you're a big fan of. Love me some Herbie Hancock. And they do a cool cover of the Twin Peaks theme song. The surf rock style. Oh, so. I gotta hear that. That's gonna be the first thing I do when our show ends is to... Oh, yeah. And the band members are on guitar, Oleg Guitaracula, on basses, Zombarella, and then Rockin' Eugene on the drums. Their real names are Oleg, Svetlana, and Yevgeny, St. Petersburg, Russia. Have you ever heard of a band called Igor and the Red Elvises? Sounds familiar. They're another 
surf rock psychobelly band from Russia. I saw them at the Poor House a few years ago, and they put on a really good show. Russia's got it going on. They got something going there. The first song we played, last but absolutely not least, was the song Looks by Student Teachers. This was interesting. Student Teachers, they were just a band of high school students that were playing at CBGBs in the 70s, and eventually they got produced by Jimmy Destry of Blondie. So how cool is that? That's another band that was brand new to me. Loved it. And that was recommended by Shannon. So Shannon, thank you for the music recs. Shout out, shout out to Shannon for that. Shout out to Shannon. Those were some really good hits. Oh, yes, absolutely. Speaking of hits, we got a couple more here for you. Last episode on the show, we played a band called Public Practice. Yes, loved them. And we're going to play a song from a former band called Wall, W-A-L-L, which is half of the band public practice before their public practice bit of a pre-band of theirs that's uh, sadly no longer with us but really good as well also a band from durham called cochone have you heard cochone i have not but i'm looking really cool band yeah really cool postponed band from durham north carolina they have an album cassette that they put out on the great sorry state records label from 2019 it's a self-titled cassette we're gonna play a track off of that called body bag Love me some local music. And, you know, Sorry State, great record store, downtown Raleigh. You know, every time I look for a record, if I cannot find it, I usually end up finding it at Sorry State. There was this one time I was trying on record store day, I was trying to find they had like a Bowie 45 on the picture disc and I really wanted it. And I went to several places, couldn't find it. Then I walked into just a spur of the moment. I just happened to be there. I went into Sorry State and boom, there it was, like a bunch of them and got it. But you know, the, the weird thing is the hole where you put the album down on the platter, it's right in Bowie's throat. So it looks like he, if you hold the album up, it looks like poor David Bowie's got a tracheotomy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a weird placement on the, on the picture disc, but I don't even remember the song. It's been so long ago. TVC15. That's oh, it. that's a great one. Yeah. yeah I love that one. Station. Oh, Had yeah. There. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're going to play, as promised, the band Wall, half of the band Public Practice, with a track called Cuban Cigars. You just heard a band out of Durham, North Carolina. They're called Koch Own. I had to practice saying that one. That's a C-O-C-H-O-N-N-E. And there's a track called Body Bag off of a cassette they put out in 2019, self-titled, from Sorry State Records. Love Sorry State Records, and I loved that song. And and the album cover, the cassette cover, was fantastic. Oh, yes, absolutely. You like witches, ice cream sundaes, and rats, <laughs> dolls. That is the cover for you. I loved it. It looked so old school. It definitely does. Before that, you heard a band from Brooklyn, New York, which is half the members of Public Practice, a band that Chris likes a lot that was a track called Cuban Cigars off of their the wall, subtitled Wall EP from 2016. So this was like before public practice. Right. It was a few years before. And it's same record label, Warcraft Records. Great band. They uh, only put out a couple of EPs, though, I think, and then broke up. Proto-public practice. Do you have something you wanted to talk about? Yeah. So, and this is actually a little on the serious side, but there was, a good friend of mine, someone out there named Mike Allen, and he is the music booker for the Wake Forest Listening Room. He has started 
a charity movement known as Be Good to Yourself. A 2018 study from the Music Industry Research Association, 50% of musicians reported battling symptoms of depression compared with less than 25% of the general adult population. Nearly 12% reported having suicidal thoughts, which is four times the general populace. A 2019 study published by the Swedish digital distribution platform Record Union said the numbers are even starker, up to 73% of battling stress, anxiety, depression. And a lot of these, unfortunately, will turn to coping mechanisms such as substance abuse. Across North Carolina, musicians are also struggling with anxiety, depression, and substance abuse and suicidal thoughts. And there needs to be a way to provide mental health counseling and coverage of those individuals. So that's what Be Good to Yourself is. This is a group of North Carolina activists and musicians, and it's an initiative to raise much needed awareness and funds so we can help our musicians access to mental health care and substance abuse counseling when they need it most, in times of crisis, and sometimes just when they need someone to talk to. Several artists that are North Carolina, The Velt, Terry Anderson, DK Kim of Temperance League, John Howie Jr., Jack Cornell of the Fabulous Knobs, and more are all participating. One of the goals is to create an album that can be sold for charity, also doing some live streams to raise money. This is a legit 501c3, a charity sponsored by Abundance NC located in Pittsburgh. And the organization providing the counseling service is MindPath. It is a behavioral healthcare organization dedicated to providing mental and behavioral health care through the highest level of clinical diagnosis, treatment, and research. They are the largest outpatient mental health care organization in the state of North Carolina with over 20 locations and more than 150 providers. And for the musicians, it starts with Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, and Greensboro offices, and they're going to add, at a later date, Asheville and Wilmington. The end result is they're trying to release an album, do some live stream shows, raise money, and the money goes directly to a third-party administrator that then, for the musicians that want access to much-needed mental health and counseling, can provide them with that access. If you want to learn more, the website is kitchenmedia.com forward slash client forward slash be good, B-E-G-O-O-D, kitchenmedia.com forward slash client forward slash be good. We'll also add a link to that in the show notes and on the website as well, damagegoodsradio.com. And I wouldn't recommend it unless, I, 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 but I believe in it. I know Mike Allen personally, and he is one of the most solid people I've ever met. And if you have people like The Velt, John Howie Jr., Terry Anderson, Yip Rock, and Merge Records are all involved in this. So it's it's something definitely worth if you have some money to go to a good cause, particularly to protect our local North Carolina artists and musicians. I can't think of a better cause. And Mike, thank you for starting this and helping get it set up. And you can find Mike at the Twitter and Instagram at the Wake Forest Listening Room. Gotta love it. Yep. That's what I got. <laughs> Here comes my least favorite part of the show. We have to say goodbye. Oh, that's this is my least favorite part because I'm, I'm having a good time. This has been a good show. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It has been. We're going to end it with another band from Durham, North Carolina. They're called Stevie. 
they put out their latest single came out a few months back it's called elizabeth you can get it on bandcamp spotify apple music wherever you listen to music it should be there thanks for listening to the show if you like what you heard you can go to damagegoodsradio.com and hear more you can find us on twitter instagram myspace whatever where can people find you at I have a, a self-professed stupid role-play game blog called The Funky Grognard. I'm also Funky Grognard on Instagram and at Funkasonics on Twitter. As always, thanks for listening to the show, and we'll see you next time. Have a great... Have a great stock spending spree. That's right. Remember, Blockbuster, 700%. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>